show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Well, I, I got to be a little selfish today. It's it's one of those things where, you know, every now and then I have to be, I don't want to call it a homer, but I want to be a fan like I am. And I got to say what matters to me today is I'm extremely disappointed. I've heard that uh, there's a chance that Braxton Miller, uh, the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes, leading his team into his senior year. Uh, I think preseason we were ranked uh, number five in the country in the polls. And something very devastating probably has happened to the fans and, and the team and, and Braxton and the, and the staff. And there's a chance that he may not play this entire season. And... Um, that matters to me. That matters to me because that matters to that young man. He's uh, spent his life uh, participating in athletics, but there's more to life than athletics. Uh, I don't want to say his, his football career is over with. I don't want to say this season is over with. But certainly if, if he misses, you know, half of the season or whatever, I think that puts him in a very uh, – that puts the university in a very difficult position because from what I've heard is that – uh, there's a chance that the replacement could be a redshirt freshman, which was the person that I'm assuming would be the heir apparent to once uh, Braxton was gone. Uh, but he's going to be, you know, perhaps maybe um, bought into the picture a little early, uh, maybe prematurely for him on his part. Um, and that means that if you've got your quarterback of the future in the lineup, would you want to make a change the next year? So that really, you know, complicates things tremendously, uh, not only for Braxton himself, but for Coach Meyer. Uh, so that's something that um, that matters to me. And it's, um, it's one of those things where uh, I'm really not sure how it's going to play out. I, I can't say with, uh, with certainty that he will not make it back. I know I missed part of a season, came back, played in the bowl game, but it was just my sophomore year. So that's always something that you you hope and pray and you wish the best for any time any individual is, is hurt, particularly those on the athletic field where they uh, use their bodies. That's how they do what they do to entertain us. They, they, they use their body, and if it's, uh, if it's injured in, in some capacity, that's going to limit the ability for them to play at the highest level then that's not good. And then there's a controversy anyway about perhaps maybe they could make it throughout the season and uh, a great part of the season deep into it, and then Braxton can come back uh, since, uh, according to those pundits out there, uh, the Big Ten is not a real competitive conference at this time. I, I think they've gone back to identifying us as, you know, the the big, big two and, and little eight, uh, although – um, there's more teams that's been added, but beyond that, the the two, of course, the Ohio State University, the Buckeyes are still up top as one of those big two, but the state of Michigan still holds on to the other of the big two, but it's now been replaced in, in what used to be the big two represented by Ohio State University and Michigan. Now it's Michigan State. So I don't know if that's up for debate, but um, I know we've certainly, you know, we've held our ground. We've continued to have a very competitive program. Uh, our student athletes continue to do uh, 
take care of their business both on the field and off the field. And we'll see what happens. But that I, I can't listen. I can't let that go. I got to let you know that matters to me. So just I just want to jump right into it. And, I, you know, I have to address this only for the simple reason. Everybody else at the water cooler, that's what's going on. Everybody talking about it. You know, it's out there social media. But Johnny Football flipping flipping off the, the bench, if you will, of the Washington Redskins. You know, is that something that we should all be talking about, or is it something that, hey, let it go, it's, it's football? Well, no, it's not just football, because as you know, you know, football is, at least they've tried to make it a, 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 an event, a family event. It's a sporting event that's for the family, and I don't think it has any ratings, it's not rated, but it's, you know, it's supposed to be PG-13, you know? And, uh, you know, to bring that into the picture, that, you know, that's not what the owners want to see from their players. That's not what the coaches want to see from their players. Now, I'm not going to be, I'll be the last person, believe me, I would be the last person to tell you that there haven't been times on the football field where I haven't called an opposing player anything except a child of his mother. Not the yeah, of course, a child of God, but a, a child of his mother. Anything, I've called him every name except the name his mama and daddy gave him, and yeah, they probably had you know, uh, you know, you know, four, six letters to him, you know, probably called him something that maybe walked, you know, you know, all those things, <laughs> you know, anything I could think of. I, but again, it was in, it was in the heat of the battle. And I, I, so I kind of understand the fact that what Johnny did to many people may not seem like a lot. But, again, in my mind, when he, when he was running away from the bench, he was very composed at that time. You know, he wasn't turning around. He didn't turn around. He wasn't in a heated argument. I didn't see anybody push him or anything like that. So he just wants to display a little better you know, at least display to the people that you're a bit more composed than what that demonstration shows. Because obviously you're focused on what they're saying to you and it bothers you to the point where you think it's deserving of, you know, a middle finger. So don't even give it that thought. You don't, you, you know, when you're on the football field, every second and fractions of a second are important for you to be focused you don't need, I mean, you know, it's, you know, you get a matter of, you know, a second and it's a five yard penalty. You don't get to snap the ball off in time. You know, you over there on the sidelines, run back to the huddle, get to play, can't hear your helmet, all those things, all those distractions. When you're a quarterback, you can't be that. You've got to be, at least, you got to demonstrate that you are the, you're the coolest cat on the field. Nothing shakes you. You are composed at all times, so much so that you are a leader of men who may not be composed. And it's your job to gather them and get them all on the same page. At the same time, you've got to get some information from the sideline because they're calling a play. And then if they don't call a play, you've got to be, again, focused and composed to the point where you can make a play. You can call a play. But is it a big deal? It may not be a big deal to some people, but remember, and this is something that's just a little different 
And so I'm going to use it, you know, differently this week than I used it last week. But there are there are signs and, and there are early signs of, of Johnny showing that perhaps he's not focused. And so what, 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 when you can, when you pick up on that, of which, believe me, the Washington Redskins probably picked up on that. Coaches would have picked up on that. And so what they do, they turn it up. So they just, they just start going at him, and, 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 and then they would, you know, continue to push him a little bit after play, you know, maybe hold him down on the ground. Of course, they, you know, add a couple other remarks that they probably wouldn't have added before to the conversation. And then you got somebody who the last thing on his mind is, is playing football. He's trying to defend himself. And remember, now, this is, this is Johnny Football who's trying to defend himself on the football field. He one of the smallest cats on the football field. So really, I'm sure there were some threatening remarks on the football field. And you know what's really interesting about football? You know, it's one of those things where I've always said, with the amount of violence that's on the football field, you take it off the football field, it's no doubt. I mean, probably the, the, probably the lesser charge of all the charges that would be bought against you would be, what, assault and battery? <laughs> you know, some of those things could be, it might even be manslaughter. Sometimes somebody get killed out there. You, you just never know. But I am telling you, that's a violent environment to be a part of and you don't want to escalate it and take it to a next level when you're a quarterback that now all of a sudden everybody is trying to take you out and and I think Johnny needs to do himself some good by backing off of that man I'm a Cleveland Browns fan to my core I want to see them win so bad I want to see I don't care who's playing quarterback I don't care if you playing tailback, you playing defensive end, you playing outside linebacker, free safety, wide receiver. I want you to be the best. I want you to win. Johnny, I know it was, you know, a small thing to you, but it was it's a big thing. And so, you know, it does it deserve national attention, mm, global attention. Mm. It deserves some attention. We saw it, and, and, and it's not like, I don't care who that was. If Tom Brady flipped somebody off, it, we'd be talking about it. If LeBron James flipped somebody, hell, somebody was blowing in LeBron's ear on the court, and we were talking about it. So, you know, it's just things that we just need to talk about because that's what we do. That's part of our job. But certainly what Johnny needs to do is to stay composed on the, on the field because if you're not, and we know, because we've seen it. A lack, a lack of composure can cost you your job. This is the National Football League. It's just, you know, you're, you're one play away from your career being over. Speaking of a career being over, that leads me right into what I want to talk a little bit about today. Because as I watch these two quarterbacks struggle for the Cleveland Browns, and I look at Johnny Menzel, haven't I seen Johnny Menzel before? I mean, really. Tell me what's that much different than Johnny Menzel and Tim Tebow. And I didn't think I would ever be fighting for Tim Tebow. Because I don't think Tim Tebow is a starting quarterback in the National Football League. But you're telling me that Tim Tebow isn't as good as what we saw on Monday Night Football last night from Johnny Football? 
I happen to think he is. So I want to know, is there some type of conspiracy against Tim Tebow? I may sound strange to some of you people, but again, in a time of what's going on today, you know, different people, you know, demonstrating, talking about what they like, what they don't like, who they like, who they don't like. Tim Tebow took a strong stance on what his position was in terms of his faith. Maybe he may have been throwing that into the faces of some people that didn't want it thrown in their face. Because when I now make the, the judgment of talent and I look at Johnny Football, Tim Tebow was above and better than Johnny Football is now. When he was released, Tim Tebow was better than Johnny Football now. Why couldn't somebody pick him up? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. You're listening to Rayla Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You know the show, you must the rail of sports in the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me is the quarterback for The Ohio State University, Braxton Miller, finds himself in a position where he has an injury to his arm, which perhaps may keep him out for a portion and maybe the entire season of 2014 and 2015. We wish him the best. Keep him in our prayers. Um, hope that he is uh, has a... Uh, a recovery period of which uh, his spirits are high and perhaps maybe he'll get a chance to come back uh, and help the Buckeyes out either this year, next year, uh, or maybe he may move on to the next level. But uh, certainly that's what matters to me today. As well as uh, I do want to take the time out. I've heard I've got a phone call from some friends um, in the Missouri area and I understand there's been another young man uh, about 23 years old that has been shot and killed, I believe, by the authorities. Um, give you a little bit more information as that comes in, as I find out, but but that's what I've heard to this day. So, 
you know, we want to keep those people in our prayers. And, and let me just say this. I'm, I'm going to touch on this real fast. Listen, anything that you do in life, there's nothing that a person has done in life that they didn't try to do before they did it. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, but just follow me here. There was nothing that you've ever done. That includes speaking, walking, that you've ever mastered after one try. So that means you have to work at it. You, you have to put a little time and effort in it to, to perfect it. It's so one thing I've noticed. I've lived in all, you know, I've lived in you know, different parts of the United States of America. I've lived in the Midwest. I've lived on the East Coast. Uh, now I live uh, not, you know, well, let's say in Phoenix, okay? Uh, haven't lived in the South. Haven't lived in what I would consider, you know, um, in those other parts of the country, okay? Northwest part of the country. Uh, but what I will say is this. I've met people from all ethnic backgrounds all over this United States of America. And I can tell you that it's, it's like this. There, there are times where, you know, I, my, even my own race of people, you know, you'll walk down the street and, 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 and you, you may speak, you may not speak. And then you'll see somebody from a different ethnic background and, and you may speak, you may not speak. But I, I think if, if we could just as a country right now, we're just going to decide that, you know what, we're going we're gonna to be nicer to each other. You know, we're, we're not going to just automatically assume that I don't like you and you don't like me. If I look like you or if I don't look like you, that we just assume that we it doesn't hurt just to say hello. It doesn't hurt just to say, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I, I can't sing. But let, let's, let's just try that. I don't know how many of you walk down the street that if you're approaching somebody, there's nobody on the street but you and that person. If you walk by them, even if you're in a, in a little crowd or something, when you walk by people, do you say, excuse me? Do you say, oh, I'm sorry? Uh, do you say, pardon me? Do you say, thank you? Do you say, hello? Common courtesy, decency. If we would treat each other with respect, that might elevate the relationships with people a little bit more to the point where we're a little more cordial. Because all this tension and hatred that's in society going on today, we got to get rid of that. That's not good and healthy for us. That, after all, we live in the United States of America. This is supposed to be, you know, a land of the free, home of the brave. This is supposed to be, you know, you know apple pie for everybody. So let's just let's just do that. Let's just let's work on it. Let's make an attempt to say hello. I don't care if they look like you, they don't look like you. Next time you walk past somebody, just just say hello. Hi, how you doing? Have a good day. You know, let's just be nice to each other. I think it'll, you know, just that simple gesture of trying to be nice to each other. Okay, let me get back. I left starting to go into a conversation about a man I didn't think I would ever bring up on my show again. That's Tim Tebow. But watching Johnny football last night, you know, I'm a, a fan of the Browns. I, I just felt like I've seen this before. And I, and I, but, I, but it was better when I saw it. And that's Tim Tebow. And I say that only because if Johnny Manziel is going to be a backup, then the Cleveland Browns, if they needed a backup, which they don't think, they think Johnny's going to be a starter. But even if they needed a starter to play football like that, 
Tim Tebow was already available, and Tim Tebow plays the game better than Johnny. But I, I've heard that there could be some issues with Tim Tebow and his ability to grasp the system. Now, you don't hear people talk about that much, but again, I know a few people that you may not know. And, and perhaps if it's true, then okay, I understand. But if it's not true, you know, why isn't Tim getting another chance? Because I'm looking at some of these quarterbacks that are going to be backup quarterbacks. You know, some will be, you know, second team, some will be third team. And if we've got 32 teams, okay, so you got nine, 96, okay, come on. I'm going three deep. Three deep. Well, some quarterbacks only go two deep. So let's say if you got 32 teams and you've got two, so they got, so they got six, 64. Are there 64 quarterbacks in the United States of America that are better than Tim Tebow? I'm not sure about that based upon what you see sometimes. You know, all you really expect out of a backup quarterback is interesting to me because my position is not the same as what most people feel about a backup quarterback. See, my position as a person who's played in the National Football League is that when a man goes down, the next person to step up into that position, I don't expect that talent level to be that much different. I don't expect, you know, us to only have to run certain plays because you now have a backup person in that position. There is enough people evaluating talent in the National Football League to pick comparable talents to back up. You're only talking about, again, 32 teams. So at each position, you're probably too deep, you know, but then there's some other people that are out there. And so I don't, I don't like when I see the National Football League and a, and a backup quarterback comes in and the expectations of how the team can perform is changed. It's taken a 180, and it's like, oh, no, we were going to win. Oh, no, we, we can't win now. I don't believe in that because I believe when that time comes for that person who is sitting on that bench, that person, that person is supposed to grab that opportunity, seize that moment, and they are supposed to hold on to that opportunity and that position to the point where the person that comes back, when it comes back, you don't, not this one, I got this. <laughs> you might have to go somewhere else. That's how I believe. That's, that's my approach. That's how I would teach and how I have taught people in the past. That when you, you seize that moment when your chance comes, and, and as a matter of fact, in the league, we always feel like this. You don't ever want to let your backup get on the field. Because you might not be able to get him off. So these backup quarterbacks that are subpar, I don't believe in that. I believe this, it shouldn't be that much of a drop-off in talent. And if it is, then that means that that scouting department, the personnel department, is not doing their job. And so when I look at the, the, the quarterbacks that I've seen in the preseason, Tim Tebow from what he did, what he was able to do. Now, again, there were some people who thought Tim should have moved to another position. If they want to move into another position, hell, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. If you want to play pro football and they say you got to play another position, then you probably should move to that position. But at the same time, I'm just going on what I saw in terms of Tim's talent. Tim, he did win games in the National Football League. I'm just wondering, you know, why is, is, he that, is he that bad? His talent isn't that bad. 
that he should not be in the league. That's my personal opinion from what I've seen from his talent on the field. But in terms of his football IQ, I don't know that, but I've heard that may be the reason why Tim Tebow is not there. I'm just saying, I heard. So, okay, so let me, let me move on from Tim Tebow. I didn't think I'd ever be talking about Tim again. But let me go to last night, the Washington Redskins, RG3. I don't care if you saw all the games, you saw part of the game, you saw the highlights. And I just, I, 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 in defense of RG3, I think that somebody needs to step up and at least address the issue that RG3 is having a problem with, and that is sliding. You know, sliding is nothing. First of all, I don't think many people out there understand that you're talking about the National Football League, and then you're talking about people who are brought into this league from the NC2A, the collegiate athletics. It's a different game. You can hit the quarterback. The quarterback's not protected in college like he is in pros. So this criticism that we hear about these quarterbacks that don't know how to slide, and let me also say this. You know, sliding is an art and maybe a little science to it as well. But it's not something that you just can naturally do, particularly if you're a pretty big cat. You know, RG3, about 6'2", 6'3". You know, I know he has athletic talent, but I am telling you, when you really think about it, look at the act of sliding, and you actually can see that if a person approaches it the wrong way, it could be nasty. And I think in his mind, he's not comfortable with sliding. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. A baseball player. Russell Wilson, he has it down like, you know, come on, like a science to him. Yeah, you know. But, but sliding, you could very, look at baseball players. There are times where baseball players slide into second base and they slide the wrong way and they injure themselves. I, I could see RG3 just doesn't seem comfortable with the whole sliding thing. And I think he could possibly end up, you know, he almost hurt himself last night. He, he tried, he made an attempt to slide, it didn't work the way he wanted it to, and he got up limping. That's a problem. Now, here's a man that in college, again, the speed of the college football game is a lot different than the speed. You always hear, you hear people say that, but I'm sure many of you don't understand. What are they talking about? The game's much faster. You know, not only, they're not just talking about the game, they're talking about the people participating in the game. I saw Johnny Football yesterday, you know, try to run around the corner. You can't get around the corners in the National Football League as a quarterback. The defensive linemen, the linebackers, the safeties, the corners, too fast. And so for Tim Tebow, I mean, I'm sorry, Johnny Manziel, what Johnny might want to do when he can't get out of bounds and RG3 might want to do when he can't get out of bounds, just fall down. You don't have to slide. Just get to the ground, however you feel comfortable getting to the ground. And you've got these people that all they want to do is take you out. That's, that's the bottom line. I, I'm going to be honest with you. They just want to take you out. Shout out to uh, Frank Minifield and uh, Chase Minifield. Chase was number 38 for the um, 
Washington Redskins last night, son of Frank Minifield, former teammate of mine, the dog pound, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Chase got a nice hit on Johnny Football last night. And about three or four people got a great hit on RG3. We paid too much money for you guys to be staying up taking these kind of hits. See, that, that's RG3, and now it's Johnny Football. These are two, co- these are two quarterbacks who've come into the league who have exceptional athletic ability, the ability to extend the play, but they've got to also have the football IQ to understand I've got to extend the play for another play of which I participate in. If I extend the play and I get knocked out, that's not going to do my team any good. RG3 tried to slide last night. That didn't work. And then he just took, you know, it was like a ping pong game. On the sideline, I just, I didn't really understand that one. But I tell you what, again, you don't have to take hits in the National Football League as a quarterback. You're not expected to take those hits as a quarterback. I think it's about time for me to take a break. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. And I'm going to continue talking to you about these guys who are not, ah, they're just not getting down fast enough. And then we're going to talk about a couple other things. But, again, it's football season, so we're going to talk about a lot. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. I think it's time to take a break. So we'll do that and come right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, 
living like it matters. It looks like ESPN is reporting that Braxton Miller is definitely going to be out for the season, according to their sources. Um, I've got a phone call in. Um, if I can get some information by the end of the show, I will let you know. Um, that's what matters to me. Uh, fine young man. Done an outstanding job to keep the Buckeyes competitive the last few years. And it's just a shame, but the, that's football. That's the game of football. And that's part of the reason why I am being, well, I, I'm, I don't know how he hurt his shoulder yesterday, how he hurt his arm, uh, but I will tell you that you can hurt your arm and your shoulder with contact. Unnecessary contact is something that quarterbacks of all positions, it's the only f- position on the football field really where um, if you fall to the ground purposely, your manhood is not challenged. Now, back in the day, if you fell to the ground, the kind of feedback that Johnny Manziel got yesterday, uh, last night in the Monday Night Football, that is expected when you do something that we would say on the field is unmanly. Take your licks. Take your run, head on, head on, head on, head on. Take a man on. Hat on a hat. Run so you know, I saw a lot of people running backs last night trying to run some people over. But um Braxton Miller's out. Johnny Manziel and RG three, they play like they want to miss the season too. But I hope they don't. I hope they find a, a safer way to play the game. Let me speak if I will. There's one thing that concerns me. As I'm watching football, I want all you folks to pay closer attention when you see the next game. And, and, and there's this thing that came about years ago. And um, the coach, actually, who uh, started it is a Buckeye. And um, it's the West Coast offense, Sid Gilman. Sid Gilman, by the way, shout out to number 27, up there, Sid Gilman, former Ohio State Buckeye, first 27. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the first, but one of 127. Eddie George was a 27. Ray Ellis was a 27. But anyway, Coach Gilman was a coach when I was at the Philadelphia Eagles. When I was playing for the Eagles my rookie year, you know, he was the offensive coordinator. But he, he is known to be, you know, the mastermind behind a lot of this West Coast offense. What you didn't see, Jerry Rice and, and Joe Montana ran a lot of the West Coast offense. You know, it was these three-step drop ball out, boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, the game got real physical. I mean, it got real physical. And all of a sudden, safeties and linebackers, safeties and linebackers were now they, this, this play was memorized like it was etched in stone in their brains and we could visualize it. And when we visualized this play in our minds, we saw some crashes happening on the football field. They were two crashes, two car crashes head on. And we always wanted to be the ones to get up and walk away. We also knew that that quick slant, if you read it the right way and you read the quarterback's eyes, it was an opportunity for an interception. So one or two things was going to happen. It's going to be a serious, you're going to take somebody out, or it's going to be an interception. But it was not going to be that thing where they caught it and they hit the seam and go straight up the field. Now, 
because this game has changed to the advantage of the offense. And those safeties and linebackers can't take those hits where they're taking people out. I don't like this game the way it's played now because I'm seeing everybody run these little quick slants. And I got to be honest with you, the only reason why they're they running the quick slants is because the linebackers and the safeties can't take them out anymore. But that's a play that's designed that, you know, one, two, three, the ball's out, and you really can't stop that. The only thing you can stop that with is fear. Fears that they don't want, they how dare them run that play when they see who the linebackers are and who the safeties are. There was wide receivers that you look at them and they like, they shake their head like, no, don't, don't come, not this way. Do you see who's lined up out there? Really? You're going to try to throw that quick slant to me and you see Ray Lewis over there. No, don't, no. Mm-mm. So that's what bothers me. I had to share this with you. You're going to see a lot of quick slants that are thrown in the National Football League this year, more than you've ever seen. And they're throwing those plays because that safety and that linebacker ain't coming on a beeline. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I want you to know I'm saying it right now. You're going to, it's going to happen. Somebody's going, it's going to happen once or twice. I felt so, I felt so strongly about this play that I felt last year, I think I may have been on record saying that the play should have been taken out of the playbook because you have people that are running full speed. I mean, the receiver's coming off the ball on a quick slant. I mean, he's like, he's at full speed. The safety eyes, you know, the play, he reads the play, he's running at full speed, and all they can do is collide with each other. Or somebody's going to go for the interception, you know, if he gets it, good. If he doesn't, obviously, you know, the guy's going the other way for a touchdown. But I'm telling you, they need to stop running the play because it's too dangerous of a play. The play should have been eliminated from the playbooks. It's one of the only, only plays in football that I think that you should eliminate from football is the, is the, the quick slant on a three-step drop. And these quarterbacks, what they're taught to do is you have a safety and a corner and a linebacker. And it's a timing play that you have to hit him. That receiver on stride, that receiver is not supposed to break stride. He's supposed to run full full speed through that zone or through that, if it's a double coverage where he's being, you know, maybe the corner's got him on the outside, the safety's got him on the inside, and there is a little window. And the quarterback is supposed to throw a bullet and catch him on stride. That play is a play that should be taken out of the playbooks at the professional level. They don't seem to, they can't master it that well at the college level. They've never been able to do it that good at the college level. But at the professional level, the play is perfected, but it has a flaw in it, and that is, a fraction of a second that if that safety and it's at the snap of the ball, that safety could take off running. And I am just telling you, you'll see it and you'll know it when it happens because it's a head on collision that you, ooh, as much as I wanted to do it, now that I'm out of the game and I look at it, it's, it's just too dangerous. Why did I do that myself? But I just had to get that one in there because I, I just think that some of you, may not understand, it bothers me for one reason, because people can get hurt. The other reason why it bothers me is because 
I think it puts the defensive players now at a disadvantage because that hit that we were taught to take when I was playing ball, they can't take it now because they'll be fine. They may even be, you know, I guess they could be yeah, evicted from you. You're out, you know. He's out, he's out. He's not playing anymore. He's got thrown out of the game. It, it could be that bad. But that's a play that's designed for the offense to have an advantage over the defense because we can't hit like that anymore. So I, I, I really don't like that. I, I really that, that bothers me. Quick slant. When you see him from now, you'll know what I'm talking about. But let me move on then, if you will. Flags. What the heck is going on all these flags? You got flags all over the place. Now, I understand, you, you know, you're trying to make the game safer and, and you don't want his, hands to the face and, and, and you don't want pulling on the jerseys. Not, but it's football. It's got to be a little bit of holding in football. Now, when it, when it, when it totally reverses uh, a player's advantage and it puts them in a disadvantage, you know, I agree with that. I agree with the guy's running past you. You're going to reach out and grab his jersey. Okay, you can't do that. But when, once people engage, if you engage in somebody and you grab a little jersey, that's okay. Offensive linemen, again, if their hands ain't way out, you know, you, that's okay. But, you know, it's preseason. Maybe I'm a little hard on the refs, but I've just seen too much yellow material on the football field during this preseason. And it holds up the game, too, and it, 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 the flow. I mean, Tim Tebow, I mean, I got to admit, last night I'm watching the game, you know, Tim Tebow's moving the ball. I'm sorry, Tim Tebow. See, I, Tim should be in there instead of Johnny Football because it's Johnny Football who's in there, and I'm thinking Tim Tebow. I'm watching Johnny Football move the ball down the field for the Cleveland Browns. I'm thinking he's moving the ball. He's moving the ball. Flags. It's flags. He's not moving the ball. It's a penalty. Every other play is a penalty. But it now makes him look like he's in an advantage and he's doing better than Hoyer. I think that's his last name, Hoyer. But he's not. All these penalties. So these refs got to keep the Come on, keep the flag. Let them play football. This is football. You've taken enough away from the game. You know, I'm trying to see when's the last time I've seen a nice hit. You know, I'm yearning for a nice hit. It's football season. Okay, I got a couple seconds here and then I'm going to. I'll tell you what, I'm just going to go to break. Come back for the last second. Segment, I'm sorry. Darnell Dockett, man, that's a shame. I mean, the heart and soul of the Arizona Cardinals defense, Darnell Dockett is done for the season. Okay, we're going to take a break, and I'll be back. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Uh, for those out there who are concerned about us here in Phoenix, uh, the weather has been um, pretty bad, but uh, at the time it's okay. You know, Phoenix is different. I mean, the city and, and the suburbs, um, you, you can be in one part of the city and, of course, it's not raining. Another part of the city, raining terrible uh, monsoon may be in another part of the neighborhood, uh, but it, it's, it's kind of strange. So, um, but we're okay uh, here at Voice America. You can hear us all over the world. Anybody want to call in? Of course, you can do that eight 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 three four six nine one four four. I'm about to complete this last segment of the show, and I just want to say the NFC East. I'm a little concerned about the NFC East. You know, all of a sudden now the NFC West has become the conference of the NFC. And that, to me, that's just, hmm, maybe that's good for football, but that's not good for the NFC East. I mean, I don't think, I mean, when you think about who's going to compete in the East, of course, it appears that people are giving, they're not giving the division to the Eagles. I think the Eagles have put themselves in a position where perhaps maybe they are I don't want to say the elite of the conference because, you know, if you're going to be elite, you should be elite of the league. And I don't think the Eagles carry that status right now. I think the Eagles got a decent football team. I'm hoping they do very well. Of course, I've jumped from one ship to the other. I went from the Browns. Now I'm talking about the Eagles. But I want to do that because what I really want to talk about in NFC East is the New York Giants. Eli Manning, who just a few years ago, we were talking about if Eli was a Super Bowl quarterback. First of all, somebody asked Eli if he was an elite quarterback, and he said yes. What was he supposed to say? After all, the man has two Super Bowl championship rings. I don't care what you say. No, you can't just put any quarterback in behind an offensive line with a running game, and they're going to win. Because it wasn't just running that did that for the Giants. If you recall, you know, there was a spectacular catch that was made as a result of a pass that Eli put in the right place, the only place he could put it at in, in order for them to uh, continue on with their drive here in Phoenix, Arizona, and win that Super Bowl. But I'm, I'm a little concerned about the Giants. I think there are some people that call for Coughlin's head a while ago. Shout out to Coach Coughlin anyway, coach of, of, uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think it was my rookie year, my second year. Um, so, I, I, you know, I kind of like – Coach Coughlin. But I'm just going to say this about the Giants. 
we expect more from the New York Giants. We just do. It's almost like the Yankees. You expect the Yankees to be in a playoff hunt. You expect them to be in the pennant chase. You expect the Yankees to win the World Series. Every year, oh, is the Yankees going to win the World Series? It's like, you know, are the Yankees going to win the World Series? And then it's like, oh, no, okay, well, then if you eliminate the Yankees, then you go on to who else? But are the Yankees going to win the World Series? You know, it's not quite like that with football. That, you know, oh, is this team going to? No, but, but you can start off a sentence in talking about the World Series and start it off with, are the Yankees going to win the World Series this year? And, you know, everybody would say, oh, no, well, you know, they you know, Derek's about, you know, this is a, he's on the end of it and team's not looking too good and all that. No, I don't think that's going to happen. And that could have been at the start of the season you could say that. You don't say, oh, are such and such a team in the National Football League going to win a championship? But you, there, are so, there are certain conferences that have been doing extremely well, and you expect them to always do well. Somebody might say you could start off the sentence every year, hey, are the Cowboys going to make the playoffs? Because you were accustomed to the Cowboys making the playoffs. And the AFC, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's really a team in the AFC that traditionally you just look out for them to be there in the thick of things that they might be there in the Super Bowl. I, I don't know about that. You know, I, I, I don't know about that. You, I, I, I'll take that back. Perhaps maybe I should say, are the Patriots, there you go, I can say that. I can say that comfortably. Are the Patriots going to be in a playoff hunt this year? Hmm. I can say that for the NFC conference. What do you think? Green Bay got a chance this year? Mm. But the Giants, Eli. Eli. Eli needs some help. He needs some weapons around him. That offensive line kind of scares me, too. It, it kind of scares me. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about the line for the Giants and how the Giants are going to perform. I tell you what, but I, I also want to, you know, the heart and soul of the Arizona Cardinals, I cannot give them a couple minutes of the show. The heart and soul of the Arizona Cardinals, it appears that Darnell Dockett is, is going to be lost for the entire season. It looks like Doc, I guess he tore his ACL. And, you know, once you do that, then, then that, that's a season-ending injury. And so he's, he's done that, and it looks like he's going to be done. So um, I think I got a couple more seconds here. I got a couple more seconds or perhaps maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you what, let me just talk about Darnell Dockett. Darnell Dockett, is, is, he definitely is the heart and soul. If, 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 if I get a, a text here up, uh, on the screen that I, this segment's almost over, I moved it around a little bit, then uh, I'll be sure that I end it and let those folks come in. But uh, Darnell Dockett, Darnell Dockett, the Arizona Cardinals, that's the heart and soul of your defense. And, and because he's the heart and soul of your defense, I, I feel it's almost like the Ohio State thing. I feel like, you know, Braxton Miller, that took some air out of the tank when, when, when you got the news. And I believe the news is confirmed now. He's gone for the season. Darnell Dockett, that, that's the heart and soul of this defense. Can the Arizona Cardinals? Now, I've already said that I believe somebody else will step up. Maybe now it's time for, you know, Calais Campbell to step up and own this defense. It's time for Calais to take this defense and particularly the defensive line and own up to it and make it his. Because Darnell's not, Darnell is the spit and vinegar of that, of that defense. 
He's a man. His engine is just always, you know, going 100 miles an hour. Big man run just causes havoc. Now it's time to see if Calais Campbell can do it. Honey Badger's going to come back, I believe. I believe there's a chance that Honey Badger may get a chance to play in this next preseason game. I wouldn't rush it. And ACL, was I've never had it, but I've, I've played with people who've had the injury. It's one of those things where, you know, anytime you're on a football field or the basketball court, Derrick Rose, I, I just got a shout out for him, man, because when you come back and play basketball and stop and go and jump up and down, you know, and you you got to feel good about that leg. You just know that what you demand of it. And you when you demand of it, see, it's a psychological effect that you've got to overcome too when you know that I can count on this part of my body without thinking about it and then unconsciously you just do it. If you're thinking about it subconsciously, then you're, you're not going to be going full speed. See, everything is already supposed to be pre-programmed. So when you get on the football field, your subconscious mind takes over. And that's how come players just respond and react so fast because they've gone over this. They've got those repetitions is, as my good friend Guy Troop always say, you got to get the reps in. So they've got repetitions in so much that when they see something, they don't think about it. They react because they've already been programmed to do it. So that's how many times when a, when a ball player makes a move to do something, he's been programmed as soon as it comes up and he sees it. He doesn't even think about it. He sees it, so he does it. And so Darnell Dockett, he's gone, so now we got to get somebody who's got to come in who understands that defense as well as he does. And when he sees something, he doesn't stop, he doesn't think, he doesn't wait. He goes for it. And I love that about the Arizona Cardinals defenses. They, they move fast to the ball. They're not, they're not guessing what they have to do. They know what they have to do. And they run to the ball. If you really want to see a good defense, and, and the same thing with Seattle. Pete Carroll, I, come on, you know I know Pete. Run to the ball. That's all you got to do is just run to the ball. Last night there were some people that ran to the ball when the Browns were playing at the end of the game. The ball was not for the tight end to catch the touchdown. It was to the wide receiver and didn't catch the ball cleanly. It was tipped. Tight end catches it, sends the game. Well, no need for overtime because, of course, you know what happened when the Redskins did their thing. But the fact of the matter is this. I want to go back to Darnell Docker and that, that injury. If the Arizona Cardinals are able to get somebody in there that can make up or if Calais Campbell can get them boys to rally around him and he can become the Darnell Docker of that defensive line, Arizona Cardinals, a couple games they play in the preseason. Listen, I'd rather play the preseason and build my confidence and have a false sense of security that we're good than to get blown out of all my preseason games and just automatically assume that we're no good. So it may be mm, the preseason, but it's better to start the preseason off winning. It's always better. If they're going to keep score, remember this. If they're ever keeping score, just win, baby. <laughs> That's all you want to do. If they're keeping score, just win. That one's for Al Davis. You've been listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, but I got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.